Chapter 1 Molly, the second victim. She was weak. Although she struggled and screamed, she couldn't break the grip he had on her arm. For the first time in his life, Jonathan Walker felt like he had power over another human being. It was a heady, exciting experience that he wanted to draw out forever if he could. The thrill of this moment was nearly overwhelming. He had planned this so well, but he didn't really know what it would be like until now. He pushed her against the wall of the dilapidated, deserted building that was destined to be raised for another renewal zone in London at the beginning of the 20th century. The electric steel lights softly lit up her face. She was young and frightened. Her body was so small that from a distance she looked like she might be eight, but upon closer inspection, the curves of her tiny frame convinced him she might be 16 or 17. She wore a skirt that ended above her knees. It almost looked like a swimming suit except that she didn't wear tights beneath it. She had on a lot of short petticoats, but they were designed to hold her indecent skirt out rather than help her gain modesty. Her blouse dipped down to show off plenty of cleavage that was partly covered by a mass of dark, tangled hair pulled forward cascading down her shoulders. However, she was clean and seemed sober. That surprised him. Please, mister, she whimpered. I'm doing no harm to nobody. I'm just out to give a good time to anybody that wants it. Please, mister, don't kill me. Her voice was soft, not loud and brassy like he expected. Shut up, he ordered. Yes, governor, I've got family. People who will be looking for me. She added this piece of information, hopefully searching his face to see any sign that it made a difference. It did. If he had felt any softness toward her at all, it disappeared in a rush of violent rage. He knew how she felt. He remembered all too well being tiny and helpless against a bigger human being. He too had sought to find the words that might prevent the brutal blows that were about to rain down on him. Just like this whore, his words always seemed to have the opposite effect on the drunken adult who was assailing him. No matter how pathetically, or politely, or pleadingly he delivered his petition for forgiveness, he always had managed to earn himself a harder beating than if he had kept silent. He tightened his grip on her thin forearm and shoved it above her head against the wall. Her breath was coming hard now, in apparent fear. Please, sir, I'm a good girl. As good as I can be. I live with me, mum. Please, sir, don't kill me for her sake. Please. Her appeal was abruptly interrupted in a high-pitched scream close at hand. He shoved his body against hers, still pinning her by the upraised arm with his left hand. He pressed his right hand hard against her mouth. Don't make a sound or I'll break your neck, he whispered urgently. Both of them had been so intent on each other that they hadn't noticed the carriage that had driven up out of the drizzle and fog and stopped within 100 feet of them. A well-dressed gentleman alighted and helped out an obviously drunken older woman. As her feet hit the sidewalk, he slapped her on the bottom, eliciting a scream that Jonathan and his captive had just heard. There, Flossie. See if you can stagger home from here. I gotta be going now or I'm in big trouble. You think your new missus would be jealous to find out about old Flossie? 
the woman demanded with her hands on her hips. She'd be thanking me if she knew that I was the one who taught you everything you knew about love. You taught me nothing worth knowing, you old whore. And I won't have you in my carriage again unless you find your girl and bring her along. I can find better than you, Flossie. Right, Mr. Baxter. She thought she'd strike out on her own for a while, but I'll bring her back. You may not, Flossie. You may never find her. Flossie turned on him, weaving slightly. And just what do you mean by that, Mr. Baxter? She'll come back. She always does. What do you mean she won't come back? Now, don't get excited, Flossie. I just meant you can't keep promising me your daughter if you haven't got her. You might do well to look for a different, um, assistant. And not that other old dried-up drunk you're always pawing with. I don't want her either. Flossie looked at him for a while. From the constant changing look on her face, it was obvious that several emotions were fighting for the upper hand. She finally decided that it was best to use caution on an old customer.